Berlin, Berlin am Meer, schön, wenn es so wär. Hello and welcome to Berlinshire and the second part of my tour through one of the biggest civilian nuclear bunkers to have been built in West Berlin in the late 1970s. Accompanying me is actress and guide Marita Horvath and I think she's now going to take me in to see the water supply. So this is now the water supply. Um... I quite like those <laughs> those old uh, tubes, and this is um, a deep well. So these are two pumps, yeah, and you can pump up water from a deep well. This I think it it has been done just or it was done just for the bunker. So really a well has been digged and then it was digged and then people could pump up water in here, up here, up to here, and these are two quite big um, water tanks so one of them contains um, 54,000 litres and the other one 62,000 so those tanks would be filled with drinking water before people would come in here so in, in case of warning of pre uh, preparation yeah okay but for instance if the well doesn't work people would have to use only uh, the water out of those tanks and then it would be for two weeks and 3,600 people only two and a half litres per day per person so this is not a lot, this is very little. So usually we drink or, and use, it's also water for the toilets and for washing. Um, in Germany we, we, we usually use 130 litres a day, so it's, it's uh, yeah, a lot. And here it would be only two and a half litres per day per, per person. So, yeah. so it, it should be that the well really works, if not it's quite a tense situation. And how long till the well gets contaminated? Presumably this water, the supply wouldn't stay clean forever. I don't know. There, there should be filters because, or there are filters because this water would contain a lot of iron. But maybe it's, it's so deep that um, the nuclear radiation wouldn't really uh, get into it um, within the first two weeks, maybe later. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this is also the reason why it's only done for two weeks. I never thought about it, but it could be that after two weeks, really the whole earth and everything would contain the nuclear radiation and it would be just dangerous also to drink water out of a well and so on. Yeah. What's this in this room here? 
it's about uh, the nuclear shelter, uh, the other nuclear shelters in Berlin. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about it, so I just know that after the Second World War, all uh, the Americans, English, French, and Russians have been suspicious with the German, with all of the Germans, and they didn't want to have too many of the old bunkers used in the Second World War in Berlin. So many of them have been uh, were, dis- were destroyed. Only some then in the 60s, like this one in Schöneberg, this one now is the largest. Um, 5,000 people could be in there, so in here 3,600. So in the 60s, some of them have been reconstructed, were reconstructed for to use them as um, nuclear um, bunkers. Yeah. Other ones are in um, subway uh, stations like here in Punkstraße or Siemens, Siemensdamm. So also in here, it, uh, it was used as a parking garage uh, for 25 years, and it's also meant it was planned either to use it as a parking garage or as a nuclear bunker. So only um, when the story then rented this room, so the exhibition in 1999, they built up the beds also to demonstrate um, the visitors of the exhibition. So this is how the bunker would look like. But now these are the original beds, so it's, it's a lot of the original equipment in here. Okay, so this is a city uh, with a lot of bunkers in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's only, it's not so, it's not so, there aren't so many because it's nowadays only 23, I think. It's not a lot, so. Also today there would be place only for 1% of the population in all, all Berlin, yeah, within the nuclear shelter, so it's not a lot. So there isn't actually, after all that, despite being a former Cold War frontier, there's not really a lot of protection for the locals. No, no, no. <laughs> it's different in Switzerland. They have hun- for a hundred percent of the people, they have uh, a place in a bunker. Ah, oh, those Swiss yeah, prepared yeah, for everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's this bank of screens over here? This is an installation. It's it's an art installation. So I think it says... Basically, we've got a whole row of screens, and it's called... It says Contact with the Outside World, yeah. Der Kontakt nach draußen, and what looks like just, well, images of deserts. Yes, yes. So this is uh, the idea that there wouldn't exist any city anymore. And uh, I think it says also New York, Paris, something... Okay, you've got the names of all the cities, I think, along the bottom. No, you haven't. No, but it is the idea that this should be. Sorry, this should be uh, Paris or or London, and they wouldn't exist anymore. It's just an apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. So a good thing they weren't actually here at the time in the 1970s, because the inhabitants wouldn't have been feeling very optimistic. No, no, no. Just walking past the tour. So we're basically standing in front of a, a little a carpet with two chairs on it. it. looks a bit kind of 1950s, actually, with a large radio facing them. 
What's this, Marissa? What's this for? Could you give me the name of those bags? Is there... Oh, yes, you've got lots of satchels. I didn't notice those. You've got a whole rows of satchels hanging from the ceiling, okay. um, briefcases. Yes. So, yes, those briefcases, it's... Um, in the 60s and 70s, the U.S. government, or yeah, just education, was that um, in case of a nuclear attack, in case of nuclear outfall, you should hold up your briefcase if you are just on the street, maybe coming home from your work, from office, and then something happens, uh, a bomb detonates uh, nearby, so it's quite, um, quite weird. You should hold up your briefcase... Um, just hold it up over your over your head, and 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 so you you would uh, protect yourself against nuclear radiation. Yeah. And the other recommended tactic was to hide under a chair. So this was also the idea that if something happens, if a bomb uh, falls down, and then you just hide under under a chair and you're protected against radiation. Of course, uh, both both of them wouldn't help. So it's just it's very old. And so these briefcases here hanging down the ceiling should, should show this, this old duck-and-cover policy of the USA. Here, I said that you can uh, divide bunker into two parts. So this video shows here as it would look like. So it would look like this if those gates were closed. And so you've got half the room. The half room is being sealed off with a, an electronic uh, door. The weight of this door is ten tons, and it's out of steel. So the whole construction, it's steel and uh, beton. Uh, Concrete, yeah. Uh, yesterday, a visitor told me, I think he's been in the German army, and he told me to build a bunker like this, uh, you use as much steel and concrete as you use for a whole skyscraper, just to make it really strong and, um, yeah. Okay. You can have a look in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, have a look at the kitchen now. Yeah. Lots of tins, as to be expected. Wow, it's pretty limited, isn't it? Got two sinks, just two sinks and a an immersion heater, and one kettle and about four knives, lots and lots of tins. Those tins are just in here now for, for demonstration. But of course, there would be quite a lot of tins, and so hot meals could only be served to old people or sick people, maybe children, and the rest would eat bread out of these tins very dark German bread and the normal food would be just a slice of bread and maybe some water per day not a lot of food okay this is the kitchen then maybe uh, we go to the airlock then yeah just going out back between all the bunks keep expecting Ripley to jump out at me or an alien So there are four, four airlocks, four entrances, and it's, it's called airlock because the, the inner room of the bunker would, would be held under pressure. This is also to avoid that uh, contaminated air would come into the main room, maybe just through doors.
So this is this is done. Therefore, okay, you see, this is just one shower in here. So this is um, the airlock, and also uh, here it, a person would control how many people would enter the bunker. So if 20 people are in here, the inner door would open. So from here, a, a person counts how many people enter the bunker, and if the number of um, 3,592 is reached, then all the outer doors would just close and would also close quite mercilessly. So there wouldn't be place for more of the more than those people. And you, you, you can imagine if a nuclear attack would have happened that within the staircase outside there would be panic and it would be quite chaotic and we don't know what happens to the people just um, being out there. So there's no plan. So it would have been quite a hard job if you were working on the door here. It's not like being a bouncer at a nightclub, you know. You've got to basically <laughs> dealing with life and death, aren't you, really? Yeah, it's, it's life and death. We can see that the door outside, it has rounded edges, and it's to avoid if the door closes, and it should close really, yeah, just mercilessly and just without warning, then it is said that this rounded edges avoid that people, yeah, that their arms get caught uh, and their legs get caught in the door. But this is quite cruel too, I think. So it's, it's already, they already thought about the case. We have to close the door and then nobody can come in anymore, but just we don't want to hurt people in, in case we have to close it. So, yeah. We've done the bunker in reverse. We're actually coming out now yeah. past a very, very heavy concrete door. Blimey, it really is quite thick, isn't it? 